Welcome back to the Lost Boys of Hannibal. I'm your host, Frankie. And I'm Chris. Oh. You didn't say Ketters this time. <laughs> I didn't. I just, I I'm changing it up, man. I'm no changing longer it saying up. my last name. You've become like Cher. Yeah. And woo. Or Prince. Yeah. So the, the fame has gotten to your, the $320,000, <laughs> no. it got to your head. No, not at it all. Did. Just, I'm just, I'm the artist formerly known as Ketters. <laughs> what was that song you played earlier? Bee Gees. Yeah. Been in your head for twice, <laughs> Thanks, three, buddy. five months now. <laughs> yes. You watched one documentary and that's the song that <laughs> that's stuck with song. you. That's the song. I'm like, can I tell by the way I lose my walk? That one, nice. I can see. The other one, I was like, I've never heard that one before. I know. It's it's a deep track. It's still clear that after four years, we will never be singers. <laughs> yes. So that's, this is true. That's, and we have all the equipment. We could do it. Yeah. We can auto-tune ourselves. Yeah, we should. Yes, that's our next. That's that's the next podcast, right? Sixty-seven. Oh, well, besides the whole 67. podcast is auto tuned. Auto tuned sixty-seven. <laughs> terrible, my God, <laughs> that would be horrible. All right. Well, we have guests yes. with us, so let's not keep them waiting. Yeah. Introduce Candice. Hi, Frankie and Chris. Good seeing you again. You yeah. too. I'm glad you guys are always wearing like flair and stuff. You're wearing the Lost Boys stuff. Look at that shirt. Can I? Can I just like get that in the camera? Can you? That's Do I get awesome. To stand up. That is cool. Yeah. Very Gone, cool. But not forgotten. And soon, hopefully, find out why. Crazy story is I remember the day when I was watching Frankie on the computer making that graphic. That was a while back now. Yeah. We were in Holiday Inn. <laughs> yes, we were. We were at a I'm like, we need a logo. Give me four seconds. <laughs> my past, Good job. And then along with Candace, we have Denise Hoga. Hi. Frankie and just Chris. Just Chris. Just Chris. Just Chris. Susan came on like, all right. I'm still doing this shit for free. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) We're gonna we're gonna um so the the last episode was was kind of shocking, I think, because I st- we're still learning new things um, from that prequel, almost of what you guys had endured with John Wingate and other people on the street. And and so the one thing that I want to start with, we're going to get into something really cool. I think the audience will love, which is our percentages. But before that, can we, we have to just, I want to rest. I want to put it to rest. And now that we have the cameras and we have you on YouTube, can we talk Shippa? <laughs> 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 Who the hell is he? Because <laughs> it, it never it never was in your family. Never. Never heard of it until this little girl seen an image on the computer and somebody put it out and said, this is Billy, it looks like Billy Hogue. And it's like, then you put it in and Billy Hogue pops up. And I don't know how that happened because we never called him Shippa. It has nothing to do with him or my family. So, and I actually Googled the name Shippa, and it's not even like origin of Irish, German, Italian, like nothing. No Romanian, anybody that would have kind of went through Hannibal, like the word name Shippa, like never heard of it. Heard of Golda. Golda's a big name in South Florida and New York, but I've never heard of like Shippa. I've never heard, because for me, it was like Yiddish 
for me, it sounded very Yiddish. So I was like, well, Golda, I'm like, as some of my Jewish friends are like, no, nah, I've never heard of a ship before. And the reason why I say that is because like, sometimes when I'm not, I'm not, once again, I'm not debunking a child who, you know, I'm not going to say the mom put her up to it. I, I don't think that a mom would do that. Um, especially and then go on national TV because that would be, that would be, that would be crazy. But at the same time, it's possible that maybe the girl heard, did heard Shippa, but meant something else. You know, maybe, yeah. maybe it was Billy or Joey and maybe she got Shippa from it. You know how kids mispronounce stuff, right? Like Paschetti's, right? Big restaurant here in Missouri. Mm -hmm. So, so I don't, but we, I wanted to address it because like, it's not something that's coming from the Hogue family. Um, I, once again, I can't rule out the Dow family, but I can honestly say, I don't think that that's a thing either. But like, um, I'm just trying to like, remember as we have them here, like some of these things that have just been like, uh, all the new listeners like, well, have you looked at that hometown horror show? And I'm like, yes. And we know that the most played was Hannibal, which was crazy. Cause once again, Harriet, Hannibal's an area of very high strange. There's a lot of stuff going on there. Well, when I first seen the picture, you know, people like that, that looks like Billy, a picture of Billy, and I'm like, no, it don't. <laughs> that doesn't look nothing like him. Now, so, are you on the show? Yes. Yeah. You were on it. Okay. And Just a very short piece. How did they, when you got into that, how did, were they, what they presented, was that what you expected when you got interviewed by them? They, it was long. They asked me a lot more yeah. in depth. But when it came out, it was just that little piece. Okay. Well, didn't you go back to them and ask them not to put certain things on there yes. because of... They contacted me about a book mm. that was coming out. And I asked I asked them to please not to put anything out about it. And she said, well, we'll try not to, but it'll be up to the producer. And they didn't. Hmm. Well, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's that's really good. We've... we've um, you know, we've had our share of, I mean, even just as of late recently talking to different TV production studios and stuff like that. And it's just like, um, I was asked about Hannibal. I'm not going to give away who the production company is or anything, but I just want you guys to know right up front, as well as our law enforcement that listen to our show avidly. I mean, we know Chris listens. We know Brad listens. We know, uh, I, mean, I think your uncle listens uh, to the show we've heard but from Brittany. So there's a lot of, uh, Marion County Sheriff's, Rawls County Sheriff. We have law enforcement that listens to our show. And the first thing I said was, I have no problem like helping you guys out or giving you access, but here are the things, here are my requirements. You will not touch the family until they have a full written thing of what you want to ask them, and you will not go off script. The second thing is you will not bash or uh, defame any police officer or law enforcement that's involved in this case because they've been nothing but helpful. And if you want to do that, we can talk all day. But those are the things that I will not do. I will not do a documentary that defames anybody or anything like that. The documentary came out last year, you know, basically tried to make all these people look terrible. And it's like, it's a chain of custody. They can't talk about open cases. It's like, it's, it's school book stuff, you know. But um, just so you guys know, I mean, TV shows can do that. I know they made one of my friends look absolutely crazy. And he was like the foremost authority on the subject matter. So, you know, with, with what we're trying to do here, we're trying to be as transparent as, as possible. If we're going to bring somebody on, we're going we're gonna to talk things. And I'm glad you mentioned book because before we get into the book stuff, I'm, well, I'm going to hand it off to Chris. Chris is very curious about his question. These were my questions, okay? <laughs> Shippas and, you know, and Shippa shipped out, all right? Yeah. Gone. Sorry, debunked, but go ahead. 
So one of the things that you guys know that I did is I always like doing percentages and like where, where I'm at, where, where I think that the, the boys are and wh- which way I lean towards the most. So I'm going to throw this out at you guys. What are your guys's percentages? Where do you guys stand at with what your thoughts are, where they're at? Well, for me, Chris, you're probably not going to like the answer. Uh, I, I might be surprised. I'm not on the cave side with you. Okay. No, I am a little surprised. (laughs) (laughs) I'm on the true crime side with Frankie. Um, If I have to say who my top suspect is, it's changed. It has changed a lot. I was 100% convinced Gacy in the beginning. Um, I'm not, um, still not done with him as you guys are. Yeah. Um, And I think I've tried to keep you guys, nope, not just yet. Um, but I do think that Terry Hill also has, has a play in this too. So, yeah. And we talked about that the last episode with Terry and, and so he's gone above, you would say Gacy now, I would think they're almost equal, Okay, but the fact that you guys got me even thinking about somebody besides Gacy was a good thing because I was really convinced of it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Just and, 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 with the events that happened leading up to it. Yeah. And, and you go back to it too, right? Like when you talk to the detectives in Cook County and watching their shows, like you can't really rule them in, but you can't really rule them out either. Right. Uh, we, we do have another thing that we'll be doing this year that will maybe cross another T and down another I for John Wayne Gacy. So even in our own investigation, we're not done yet. Uh, we also have Jan Meyer that signed off on it with us. We talked about going up there with her. Um, so, so we're not done yet. We're not, we're, there's a couple of <laughs> ideas that we're, we're playing with that, you know, thinking of a young John Gacy, a person that committed murder for the first time and now he really had to cover it up and he was already indicted. And so there's something, there's something there that we're going to play with. But, um, I guess to Denise, I mean, where, where do you, where do you land? Are, are you, cause we've, we've heard you say about your mom, mm-hmm. what your mom thought. So we're just curious. I would say, you know, back then they never, and growing up, I don't think my parents ever said anything that they felt that they were kidnapped or taken away. They felt that they were in the cave or something. My mom felt that they were buried under the roadbed. So I'm kind of, I don't believe that they're in a cave. If anything, I would say maybe they did get buried in the roadbed, but maybe somebody knows about, knew about it. Or I'm with Candace on the other you know, that either Thomas Hill or Gacy or maybe even another person that y'all are going to be talking about. Yeah, and we're going to be talking about it with you guys. I mean, we definitely have suspects, and then we definitely have, like, you know, per- people of interest, and it just gnaws at me. And we'll show some clips here in a second um, about this one particular person. But, um, Chris, I'm really sorry to, to hear that. <laughs> well, but I, I'm curious. We she, appreciate your efforts, though. Chris. Well, I, I, do. I, I do. It's all about the check marks. It's That's all right. About the check it really marks. is. Well, and, and the thing is, some stories are so crazy. Yeah. And when you told me this and showed it to me, I'm like, no, 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 no. But it's so crazy that could it be true? And he changed some of the narrative a little bit. Yeah. So I, we, let's get dig into that in a second. But I, I want to f- come back to something real quick though before because I'm I'm on the scientific in the cave approach still. So um, trying to get that check mark. But you, you said about the your family, your 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 mom feeling that it was something to do with the roadbed. Do you still kind of feel that's a possibility with something with the construction crew, possibly? Yes. That I don't know if I ever told you this. <clears throat> 
my mom had good intuition. About a few weeks before my brothers disappeared, we were at my sister's house, and we had a picnic, and we were coming home. And I remember this. I was only five, or I wasn't even five yet, but barely five. And my brother, Dan, said, Mom, look at that man walking in the sky. And I was looking for the man in the sky. And she said, hush, Danny. And he goes, no, Mom, look at that man walking in the sky. Well, my brother's come up missing. So then my brother, my oldest brother, Mickey, he got killed in a car accident a year later. But before that happened, my uncle had these pictures of Billy and Joy painted. And we were all in the living room, and we were putting them on the wall, and we put them up. And one fell off. And my mom got hysterical. Oh, my God, there's going to be another death in the family. And my dad said, stop that nonsense. Stop it. And my brother, we got news that my brother got killed. Oh, my gosh. So I always felt like my mom had good intuition because of that stuff. She always felt that they were buried under the roadbed. Hmm. So I've always leaned to that. And, and your family, like, in the, there was a string of years there that you just you just dealt with a lot of tragedy. And you've yes. dealt with almost, you know, car accidents missing. I mean, there was other things that had, had occurred that if people have done any research on the Hogue family, like, there's, there was just a lot of heaviness that, um, did you, and that drew you guys closer, because you guys still feel that you're very tight-knit, right? Yes, we were very close, we were a very close family. I also, my oldest sister, too, got in a car accident, and she lost one of her legs. Oh, jeez. So, yeah, we we went through a lot. Um, but we were close, and Christmas was a big, big thing. I mean, we had people coming over. You know, we had baskets of food and stuff because my family had a tavern, Hoag's Tavern. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they always sent baskets of fruits and nuts and stuff. We had people coming over to visit. I mean, it was just that was the funnest time of the year. And I've always tried to make it fun for my kids so and my grandkids. Yeah. Because it was always that way. There was 11 of us kids, and Mom and Dad said it was always hard to put out the gifts. So they actually hired a man, dressed him as Santa Claus, had him dress as Santa Claus. He had a pickup truck, because that's what they had to have, because there were so many of us, to bring the toys and put them under the, under the tree. And I remember seeing Santa putting, putting toys under that tree. <laughs> yeah. That's, and it's good, too, because it's, you know, it's December, so yeah. it's... Uh, yeah. It's it's a good memory, but I I think that a lot of people don't understand, and I, and then this gets a lot because they get away from listening to a podcast, and then I guess when they when they actually are hearing it from the family members, it, it starts to bring ring true that like when people are accusatory toward families, and it, it's just it kind of puts it in perspective that it's like oh I shouldn't have said that or something, and and um, I just want people to know that your your family always stayed pretty solid. I mean even up to to right now, I mean you guys are always talking about this case and. Um, her name's not Dee Dee, but it's what the news said it was, right? Right, it's Debbie. It was yeah. Debbie. Because Debbie was very instrumental in it, too, and I think Tim was as well. Yes, and Fred. And Fred. Did they, did, did, uh, did Tim ever have any kind of, like, survivor's guilt after all of it? Because wasn't they, they were supposed to be watching that? No, or? Debbie was supposed to be watching. Okay. The kids. Um, Tim was on the bus with Joey. So when mom and dad went to leave, they told, my mom told Debbie to watch the boys because she got a ride home with Jerry, which was, later became her husband. Okay. So Tim wasn't even home yet either. Oh, wow. Okay. Hmm. 
Now I do. Now Debbie did have uh, some issues from it because she was supposed to be watching him. Yeah. Okay. Well, I just wanted to kind of clear that too. We we get those questions a lot, and uh, and hopefully, you know, now that we have the YouTube channel, feel free to leave a comment below and and, and see how you can react. If they get out of hand, we'll just shut off comments, but we never usually do that. So, um, <laughs> but, yeah. but yeah, I mean, Chris, you yeah. want to dive into no, it? Yeah, no, yeah, the- no, I I think you bring up uh, going back to to the percentages. I, I'm you know, I we were talking about this before we just came on air. There's a couple things I would still like to adventure. We're going to be talking about that in the next couple episodes, but uh, and how how people can help with those things. But you know, it's all about. I keep saying this, but I feel like it's very important. Just getting those check marks. We talked about continental cement. We talked about um, the cave, which we've talked about the Lost Boys Cave, which is still which we haven't talked about. We haven't really talked about since last season um, but that's still being worked on that's not a finished thing yet it's still being mapped as we're as we're talking right now so um, there's there's a lot of work yet to be done but for the most part uh, it just to, I don't know if this is much of a reveal or not but for the most part the the cavers believe that the places that have been searched are been searched before so they're not coming across any new territory as of right now uh, for that cave so again that's a check mark we're always about the check mark so um, you know one of those check marks though, is something we haven't really gotten to yet. We haven't started making the, the mark with the pencil yet, and that's about this guy who uh, wrote a couple books. Yeah, and it's it's tough because I, I think that when you come back to it, is, is we'll show a couple clips here, and I want you guys to really kind of concentrate on the audio as you're listening at home, and, and I just love that we have YouTube because I want you to watch body language. I want you to watch how direct and, and earnest and and how off the off the hip he is. He doesn't stumble. He doesn't do the, uh, 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 he's pretty clear. Like it's almost scripted. And the reason why I feel comfortable bringing this to light is because the most recent book, um, brings a lot of what he actually did in our interview. We have a little bit more than, than, than he shared in that book. But of course we're talking about Charles Stewart. He would be the one, the sorrow of the heart, the first book that came out. I think last time Denise and Candace were here, we talked about how terrible the book is and it really is a bad book. And this was a person that, you know, was a president of a school and, and did a lot with education and, and still teaches, but language arts, definitely not um, his subject. But um, I'm, I'm just at a point where if you're saying to everybody in and around, if you go in our Facebook page, you'll see people that have actually met this guy and, oh, I have the whole thing solved. He, he hung out at, uh, what is it? Um, he solved it the day after they disappeared. Yeah, he sure did. <laughs> he sure did. And so that's why I put Charles Stewart as a person of interest. We mentioned that in our uh, kind of our preview of the season. Um, and one of the big things is that if you look at when I showed you this, right, I, I sent you a, a total YouTube video. It's about 100, it's about an hour and 35 minutes to watch the whole entire um, video. And if you want to go to our Patreon and watch the whole thing, there, there's a fee, and you can watch the entire interview if you want. Um, but aside from that, the 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 interview that we're going to show, we're going to show some clips here. But the, the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway for me is, I think I I sent it to you guys, and I sent it to I sent it to some law enforcement officers. I'm not going to reveal who they were, and the reaction was kind of all the same. Like this guy's crazy. Um, there's nothing to this. He just wants to put himself in the story. But it kept it keeps it keeps gnawing at me that. I, I just, I, I worked in advertising for 15 years. I've been around the best bullshitters there were. And I understand when somebody's lying and when somebody's not lying. I understand when somebody's trying to fabricate something but or also change it. But if you look at the narrative of what is happening with 
Charles Stewart in this interview is he's giving away so many facts. Me and Chris spent about, I don't know, six hours going through the actual video and everything he said, we checked and it was true. He, he did spend time in, in, in Egypt and he did spend time in, in Cairo and he did, he was the president of the school at that time. And he, so everything up to the point where the boys go missing and including the part where he says, you know, I was there the week before they went missing and you know, it was raining. It was a lot of rain. And I think he was kayaking or he was canoeing or something at that point. So I don't know. I mean, like there were other things that, that Charles Stewart said that now, now the story kind of goes haywire, right? We all can, all can admit to that, that it gets really strange, but understanding where he's coming from. And so I guess we can divulge in it. I'd love for the audience to, you know, watch it and you can, you have that opportunity, but we're going to talk about a couple of clips that I think are, are pretty incredible. And, and the first is basically how he, how it all came to be. Right. So I, I just want to kind of take, cause you guys have both seen it. I want to kind of pause here and just kind of get Candace and then Denise's, um, cause you've seen the whole thing. Like what was your takeaway from it now after watching it, you had that weird visceral reaction and you watch it again and it's like, all right, well, this is weird. Wait a minute. Like it's pause. Right. So Candace, where were you at with it? <laughs> It is one of those things that's such a weird tell that he, he, you know, he gave us. And I think the hard part for me was, you know, he goes through the whole thing and he, he, he says names and places. And then towards the end, he's like, well, none of that's real though. And then you're like, well, wait a minute. Yeah. So you give part of the information, but not all of the information. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's a really crazy story. I think the part, and I think I shared this with you before, Frankie, the part that got me the most was really the very end of it, um, where he's looking at the window asking, what is he supposed to be looking for? And he's like, am I supposed to be looking for an honest man? And oh. for some reason that just, that got me probably more so than the story. And I don't know why. Yeah. It, it, it gave me goosebumps yes. when I was, cause I'm moving the camera around. And I'm just saying, just like stay right there. I just want this shot. It was this gloomy day. It was Christmas. I remember there was a Christmas party going on in in the room. And, and unfortunately, um, I guess the Mark Twain Brewery is under refurbishment. I'm never getting my mozzarella sticks anymore. But whatever, <laughs> it's never happening. Such a such a true true in, in season two in my in my cheese stick habit. But um, the, the this idea that like where I'm, I'm hearing like Christmas music, like in in people laughing and gathering right in the next room over. And then all of a sudden he's just standing there and I'm kind of adjusting the camera. And then he just, I get that perfect reflection where it's like him and you can actually see his reflection and then that gloomy sky out there with that train going by. And he's just like, what am I supposed to be looking at an honest man? And that just was like, Ooh, like what? And then like right after that, which we also have filmed is this, is this clip of Chris pointing out on the map, you know, where exactly they all ended up. Right. So so Denise, what where were you at with it when you watched it? Well, I would, I was going. I watched it with you in my living room. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember that. And I was like, no, no, you know, you can't. You know, I was debunking a lot of what he was saying. Yeah. And uh, especially when he said, "I remember it like it was yesterday," and they went to a restaurant and what they had. But he's like. Now, what did I have? <laughs> so I'm like. <laughs> scallops, Denise. It was scallops. Oh, yes. And how were they made? <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, fine bait. I'm like, what do you, what? Yeah. But then, you know, I got to thinking, it's crazy enough. Some of the things that he said, 
which I won't give away, that could there be some truth to it? And he changed a little bit, especially the names, so you didn't know maybe he had a part to do in it. Yeah. Yeah, and recently, I don't know if you've seen this uh, Netflix series called um, Ancient Apocalypse. Um, I got to this this point where in this series, he talks about myth and lore and legend, and he talks about the flood, right? And that how all these major civilizations all have a flood story, right? So there's truth in lore. There's, there's truth in myth, whether it's the story that happened or the way it happened, but the, the attention to detail and when he's talking about it. And so I don't know, Chris, if you actually kind of want to go through um, – the the, the the diatribe, but actually given the, the, the scene of events of, of what happened to the boys in his own opinion, um, they'll get to watch it. I mean, but I think on this show, I mean, like, because we've always been those people to be like, hey, you're still going to hear it, whether you're going to watch the whole thing or we'll give you a synopsis of what happened. Yeah, and I'll be honest, it's been a little while since I've watched it, but I mean, the general overview is pretty much he just said that, you know, there was a, a couple, the, um, two men that were having an affair uh, and they were teachers uh, mm-hmm. from different colleges in the area and that uh, they were in, uh, what's the cemetery? Um Riverview or is it Riverside? River, some, the one that's closest to Lover's right Leap. Next to Lover's yeah. Um, and so they were in this area, and that uh, the boys came up to them and found that they were doing some some sexual activities. And so they were worried they were going to get caught. And so what they did was they um, took and they, they hit the boys, and then they had these brand new 55 gallon barrels that they put them in, and um, they put them in the barrels, and then took them up to Highway Six, just north of town, and and um, then they threw them in a creek. Yeah, and they they bury this, but the, the things that like so so, you know, tipping a step back, there's other people that not only him, there's a person that's actually smoking grass in the cemetery that's witnessing this oh, whole yeah. thing happen. Right, so there's there's other characters that he involves in this story, which for me was this weird kind of depth thing. Like, okay, well, you're gonna add that in, right? Now, now here's the reason why I mentioned that is because I'm a filmmaker, right? And so we have this thing called character development, and you have people that are in the story to give credence to the story right. and to also develop it more, right? You have the A to B, but within that A to B, you have to make it interesting. But a storyteller writes better books. He doesn't write good books. <laughs> okay. So if you have like in my favorite, Aaron Sorkin, anything that he's done is, is brilliantly written, right? I know Aaron Sorkin's going to come away with something. If he tells me this story, I'm like, this is a great, this is a great new movie. His first book I read, and then he's telling me this story. He's not a good storyteller. Either this is the truth or this is close to the truth. Right. So that's how I looked at it from a filmmaker standpoint is like, all right, if you're going to be a writer, I'm going to read your scripts. Right. But if you tell me if you tell me the story of his first book, Sorrow of the Heart, I'm like, you're a terrible storyteller. Mm-hmm. But then you tell me that story and I'm now I'm intrigued. Like, how do you have these other characters that are developing? Well, they couldn't say anything because, you know, they were smoking grass. And that was a huge offense back in the 1960s. And you have these two teachers that are going for their doctorate degrees. And one is from the Northeast and he comes from a very wealthy family and the other not so much. And they, they start this love affair and something happened and the boys came upon them because they were coming up from that side. And we've all been there. Mm-hmm. Okay. We have that map that we, that the back of the cemetery that actually whoever drew that map knew that area. Right. And the map has nothing to do with this story. But when Charles was telling the story, I'm like, man, we know exactly where this happened, where those boys might have dug in, where those boys could have been. Remember, too, that um, Billy and, and Joey had always gone into the caves, 
right? We, we keep getting away from the idea that, that, that there was something bigger here. Uh, Billy and Joey were inviting people to come this time. They had discovered something. I don't know that it was a cave. Maybe it was something else. Maybe it was an entrance. Maybe it was old Indian bones or something like that because he, he, Charles talks about that, right? Maybe, maybe the rain that had happened that week kind of uncovered something on the mountainside that could have revealed something. Um, so when, when you look at that and they happen upon them, well, sure, it's 1967. You have this great stature and you're, you know, doctorate professor, right? You're teaching at these colleges that, that could destroy your reputation, your family's name. That starts to lend credence to, oh my God, like, yeah, that's, that's a reason that's a good motive to kind of put somebody away. And maybe they didn't mean to kill the kids. Right. But then you get into the 55 gallon drums, which even become really scary in this story because he becomes even more detail oriented. He talks about how they were sealed and how they were capped and what color they were and that they are still around the cemetery to this day. And so the next day, me and Chris drove up to the cemetery, and they're still there. There are 55-gallon drums all over that cemetery. So you start piecing this stuff together, and it's like, all right, how much of this is an illusion? How much of this is a disillusion? Or how much is this guy just crazy? Or maybe there is truth to this. Maybe he's one of those teachers. You know, you start putting two to two together and then you start realizing, well, he was a teacher at that school. Well, Thomas Terry Hill was a, was a teacher at that school. He went to that college. Oh, my God, he was a president of a school. Like, so you now start to put the education part together and it's like, oh, my God. And you get to that point where you're talking about Candace. We're like, well, none of those names are, are correct. I, I changed all the names because I didn't want to give away. And so my question to him was like, well, you have a family that's wanting closure. You have the answers to this. Why, why are you trying to cover for somebody if you were... Because how this all comes about, Chris, and correct me if I'm wrong, they're actually at a bar in Quincy. Yeah. Right? And they, they have this detective group. And they they bring these teachers in, and they they reveal to these teachers, like, oh, okay, do you have anything to do with it? And they only have the one teacher that I guess got soft on it. And he's like, it wasn't me. It was him. He did it. da 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 da, da. And so I guess the rest of the story, it gets really crazy. But they all leave. They go to the Northeast with this to, to find the other teacher. Um, to talk it through to see, like, hey, this is what's going on. Uh, we could, we, we were never able to find any doctoral student um, that at that time. We were never able to find because he didn't give us names. There were plenty, um, but to just vanish and then not be seen. And then the, the end is really ridiculous. So it kind of now you're like, oh, we were so close to something great. But yeah, I don't know. I don't want to steal the mic too much, but that that's kind of like this. So you have to understand as an audience, like we're holding, me and Chris have been holding this back for like a long time. And it's like, I don't know how to place it, but then he releases his newest book and it's like, all right, we're going to talk about yeah. this because this is weird. And we've put this in front of police. We've put this in front of law enforcement. I don't know what they'll do with it. We can't do anything. But like I said, we've always played the right side of the law. It's like, hey man, like, I don't know. But if somebody tells me that they know what happened, don't you at least want to question that guy? Yeah, if somebody commits that they know who killed somebody, then yeah. that should be something that's talked about. Yeah, I mean, aren't you an accessory to the crime? Yeah, exactly. In, in and of itself. Uh, he tells you that he'll put the names when he dies, he'll put the names in a mayonnaise jar and, and, and hide it under the stoop of his house. And then, yeah. and I'm like, all right, well, we'll wait for that day. You know, like, has he already done it? I'm, I'm curious to just go to his house and see if there's a mayonnaise jar. <laughs> we should check that out. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm intrigued. And um, I don't know. Like, and he goes around town and he tells everybody, oh, I have that solved. That's, that's, that's nothing. That's, you know, and it's like, for me, it's no, wait a minute. If you have this solved, then how, how come like we don't have any bodies? And I'll say as a family member, that's, 
that bothers me. Because mm-hmm. if you have the answers, why are you not helping us get, oh, resolve it? Didn't he say that none of us were living anymore? Well, yeah. yes. Well, they're all dead anyway. Yeah. We, I don't exist. Right. Which is just another reason to show that it's a story and not a, mm-hmm. you know, not a actual thing, you right. know. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe, <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> I mean, like, he, 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 the thing that just gets me too, though, I'm sorry to keep beating this dead horse because when you watch this video, and, and I'll show a couple clips coming up here, I mean, you can see him pointing to places on the map. You knew exactly where to go. And that, for me, is like, that's just creepy, man. If you're gonna bring a metal detector out there, and 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 or even our forensic team, and and we know exactly the spot he's talking about, it's just like you know, just call, make a couple phone calls, and why not cross the T and dot the I and just rule it out, and rule him as a crazy old man. The problem from let's go from a scientific level here. The scientific problem is is the place that he supposedly or whoever did this supposedly placed him is in a creek, and you just put a metal item in a creek that floods and not only does it flood but also what's metal do after a long extended period of time so it rusts and then eventually you're going to lose it so technically there's probably no proof of it today it's possible yeah it's it's possible which would seal his story then now his story would be accurate because and he even said that he's like well there's no way that they would be there today i I went back one time and checked and i couldn't find them they probably been washed down because a flood came through right after that and that's true there was a bunch of floods from that time so again it makes his story easy to wrap with a bow because he just said well they're not going to be there because of the flooding and all that but what happens when there's a flood stuff goes up on land water goes back down and there there it is yeah but if you had a sealed 55 gallon drum when water comes around what's it's going to lift up it's not going to get buried so unless it gets stuck under something or something like that then you can go that route but even then that aspect it's still going to rust i mean look at old cars and stuff that are in creeks you know they rust up yeah it's all but you know it's it's yeah i wish there was a way we could check mark it i think that's going to be a hard check mark to do yeah you know, but I do have an empty mayonnaise jar I could give. <laughs> <laughs> you should just knock on his door. And it's plastic, so you don't have to worry about it breaking. There you or go. Or rusting. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Can you put the names of the people you said? <laughs> killed Here's my the mayonnaise brothers? jar. We went through that whole interview, though. I did the questions. I yeah. went through that whole interview believing that those were the names. Like, oh my gosh, he just gave us the names. We got something to work off of. And then, literally, an hour into the conversation, he's like, oh, those aren't real. You had to wait an hour to tell me that? Oh, I was writing the names down as I was listening, going, okay, this is what I'm going to research. And yeah. 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 I don't know. I, I mean, you're right, Frankie. You bring up a really good point that if he's a storyteller, why isn't his other books as good as this story? Yeah. And so is there some some indication that there's some reality in this story and he's able to make it a better story because it's real? Mm-hmm. Or somebody just told him that too. I mean, yeah. I keep going back to the one guy that was getting drunk at the bar that worked with the crew that yeah. kept blaming. It gets back to your mom's thing, you know. And I don't know that we've talked a lot about that because we can never track this person down. But uh, allegedly, there was a there was a construction crew worker that said they killed those kids. I know they killed those kids, 
and they covered it all up and da 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 da. And he was ranting and raving about a barb. Don't know who that person was. If you're listening now, like you can private message us and we can get to the bottom of that. <laughs> but um, you know, we won't reveal you. Or we're really good about that. If you've listened to our podcast, we don't give our names away. We're really good at holding out stuff, especially if it's like with police chain of custody. All that stuff, you know, so, I mean, it's those types of things, too, that are just, like, that's still eerie to me. It's when Karis comes to your mom's house, he's all dirty, and he, he makes those creepy, cryptic words to your family, like, what was it? If, if they're in those caves, you'll never find them or no, something it, like that? He, he said, stop, so you might as well stop your search, you're not going to find them. Hmm. I always did wonder, though, was that an... I mean, he, weird that he was dirty, but was that in reference that they've searched everything and they know that they're not in there? Well, they were going to a wedding reception, so he was dressed up to go to the wedding reception, but he came to the house muddy. Hmm. So you wouldn't be in nice clothes going to a wedding reception and then go play in the mud. Yeah. So, because my mom had to get some of my dad's clothes for him to hmm. wear in order to go to the reception. Well, we knew that, like, he's been on wild goose chases before with Atwood. I mean, Atwood was another person that we haven't really dug into enough yet, uh, Lloyd Atwood, who who suggested that there was a lower chamber to Murphy's Cave, and in all reality, he was actually right. There was lower levels to Murphy's Cave. Um, they've been mapped since then, but at the point in time, he was he did lead him on a little bit of a wild goose chase back then, but, you know, it's not the first time that, you know, Karis has had to deal with stuff like that, so who knows? It could have been one of those wild goose chases, and that was it, the final straw for him. I'm glad that you brought up Atwood, though, because I, I, he had this, we have a really cool listener. Um, I haven't gotten permission from him, but we talk, we've talked on the phone and everything like that, and he, he sits in, uh, he's from originally from New York, but he, he sits in Tampa now, and he had mentioned about like Lloyd Atwood, whatever happened with that guy. And then the other guy we tracked down to that got divorced right at the end there and was doing some crazy stuff with the mapping. And, 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 and the thing is, is that they are still suspects. They are still people of interest that, that, um, and then, you know, there's a, there's a raging pedophile that sits right in and I don't even care that I don't care anymore. Like that we reveal his name, but it was, one of his brother was an honorable person. His brother was involved. Do you guys know this? His brother was involved in the dig. He's the one that actually sets up all of the communications. His last name was Boltinghouse. Okay. And Boltinghouse is, he actually goes off to the Air Force. He's, he's a patriot and he does all this stuff, sets up all the comms. And then, you know, turns out years later, um, while all this is happening, um, his brother, older brother, I believe, is actually a registered child pedophile. So he's, he's, he's a, registered and he's had numerous breaches in the last couple of years. So, and this, this is the type of people that are just sitting around, you know what I'm saying? At the same time, like, you know, when do you get those urges? When do you get those feelings? And maybe it, it's a good time to bring the doctor back and, and you just get some very strange things that are occurring and stuff like that. But anyway, like, you know, we've, we've sat on people for a long time, but I think that this season it's time to shake it up a little bit and be like, all right, well, what's, what's really going on with, with all of this stuff, you know, what's happening. Yeah, it's, there's just so much to dig into still, and we have a lot of work to do. A lot of digging, pun intended. A lot of digging. <laughs> pun intended. So, uh, you know, before we get things wrapped up here, I mean, you guys have been with us for a while now. You've seen what's going on. Is, is there, I want to say, on a, find out on a personal level, like, and, and for our pro, uh, prospects, too, of what we're going to do, is there something that we can do? We've been doing a lot to, to try finding them. Is there something that you guys wish that we could focus on more? Is there something yeah. that we might be able to do to that you kind of wish we would go this certain direction? 
Ooh, I put him on the spot, Frankie. Did you catch that? I mean, I it's on camera. I, guys, you guys have just been amazing. I think anytime that we've come to you and said, this is something we feel very strongly in, you guys have listened to us. So um, I think that's one of those things that we just take it as it goes. I can't think of anything in specific at the moment that it's like, hey, I wish you would have done this and haven't. Um, I think just as new stuff comes up, we just, we go with what makes sense. Go with the flow. Yes. Yeah. 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 Like we just did Ted Shanks. Yeah. That wasn't a part of the original plan. No, you know. <laughs> no it wasn't. <laughs> I do um, think there's some, you know, we talked about this a little bit earlier, I think off camera, but there are some family members um, of some of these suspects that I think are maybe worth talking to a little bit more. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Um, and yeah, kind of getting, you know, why did they feel like maybe their family member? And we've had family members directly come to us already. Right. And so, yeah, I think that's something we definitely need to work on more. I'll let the crime aspect person take care of that. Oh, great. What? <laughs> <laughs> Podcaster goes missing. Um, but I, I think <laughs> he solved his own crime. How did he do that? Um, he was missing, but he solved it. Weird. Um, <laughs> whatever. Uh, no, I, 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 you know, as we as we wrap uh, episode here, I, I want to, I just want to get the the audience a little bit um, excited too, because we're actually going to have Jesse and, and Kaylee on the show, and they've been with us since we started doing forensic digs, and and these are two people, they're amazing, um, they're amazing, they they're are. really fun, and I think they're going to do a really good job. I think they're probably going to have their own podcast, <laughs> um, because I, th I think that it would be just there's so many really bad podcasts out there that 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 of people that do what they do, but they have a very good, I don't know. There's something that Genesis or something about them. That's really like that. They're, they're approachable. Like these are doctors. Like these are people that studied, you know, anthropology and germs and how people decay and they dig up graves. It's like, that's like the coolest they're Indiana Jones, right? I mean, it's the coolest <laughs> job in the world. Like, and, and, and speaking of that, they are, I think two of 13 in the state of Illinois, that if you're going to do any type of digging around either Native American burial grounds or old cemeteries like Potter's Fields, you have to include them in it. They have to be on site. So they're going to talk a little bit about that. I'm also going to get them to talk a little bit about their paranormal experiences um, because here's two people that believe. Here's two people that work in the industry that are scientists that have done the schooling to to have the an incredible PhD. I think they both. I, I want to say this is their last year, um, where they get those those three major, you know, that acronym PhDs uh, behind their name. And and these are people that believe. And you you have to hear some of these wild stories that they shared with us. That I've, are, yeah, I've heard them. They're <laughs> creepy, man. I was like, man, like these are the best stories because they're. Because here's the thing that, that I'll leave with is like, uh, we'll end with here is that when you hear Kaylee and, 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 and Jesse get on the show, um, it, you'll, you'll be a believer because, you know, those are the stories that really kind of shock you and stuff like that. So anyway, from, I just want to thank you guys for coming yeah. out. Thank you thank so much. You. And we'll, we'll catch back up with you guys before the end of the season for sure. And we'll have some scotch and brandy and stuff. Yeah. Don't Food like scotch or and brandy. some Italian food. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we're waiting for your Italian food. Oh, we have meatballs. <laughs> Joe Rogan does like brandy and cigars. We'll do meatballs. Meatballs. <laughs> be amazing. Anyway, from all of us here at the Lost Boys of Hannibal, I'm Frankie. I'm Chris. And we will be seeing you. Play the Bee Gees. <laughs> <laughs>